bro. I'm chilling right now. I thought you like killed a bear and you're just like sitting on it. You know? Well, in honor of week I'll one. leave the bear killing to the Packers. How about that one? You like yeah. opening with that? Oh, there you go. Nice, <laughs> nice um, transition. You're welcome. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Wisco Fanatics. Uh, we have a full crew here, plus one. Uh, Dusty was uh, kind enough to join us. Bryant, Simon, haven't seen you guys in forever. Uh, you guys just saw Tyler and myself on on Wednesday talking about the Brewers. But today we're switching gears, going to some Green Bay Packers football. And from this moment until the end of the season, which we're hoping is sometime in January, right, fellas? Or February, uh, February, right? February ideally, but yeah. Uh, f- yeah settle down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice, but uh, ideally. Ideally, that'd be nice. But yeah, we're going to have a Friday night episode every Friday until that point. So uh, yeah, welcome back. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun season. Badgers start tomorrow. Brewers are in a playoff hunt. I mean, it's a great time to be a Wisconsin sports fan, in my opinion. But I want to start with Dusty. How you doing tonight, my man? I'm doing great, man. I'm uh, golfing a little earlier today. First time in two years. I am remarkably dehydrated, but I am <laughs> very excited to be here with you, gentlemen, tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. Uh, Bryant, haven't seen you in a while. How's life, buddy? Pretty good, pretty good. Just, you know, still getting kind of settled into the new house, the new job and everything, but it's been good. Busy. A new dude. beard. You're looking yeah. – yeah, I was going to say new beard and new sweater, man. You're looking yeah. good tonight, my guy. Yeah. Um, Simon. I'm just jealous. Simon, Simon taking a big gulp. How you doing, Simon? Things are great. Everything's say, great. Don't give us the answer you gave. I'm not – no, <laughs> I wouldn't. With, I wouldn't. Came in here. Um, yeah, so I had to turn off the Brewer game, sadly, because otherwise I'd have been very distracted. We are down one to zero. But um, anyway, Tyler, how you doing, buddy? Super. I'm, I was thinking about it, like, as we were starting the show, like, it, like exact, and exactly how you started the show, like, every Friday now, through all the football season, like, we got, you get to have us twice a week, and uh, hopefully we can have some more great guests, like Dusty, like, I know Mike Spofford's going to be on with us in two weeks. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah. So, hopefully we got some, some good guests coming up, in addition to the four of us yahoos, but we are going to start, let's get a little bit of an icebreaker. So... We had this discussion in our chat, and it's been a hot topic of conversation. Um, Dusty, I'll go to you first. The Packers are rumored to be trying to trade for Jonathan Taylor, and there's been a lot of takes on it. For me personally, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. But do you think uh, the Packers trading for Jonathan Taylor is a good idea? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I mean, I think it comes down to what they're going to ask for him, which which it sounds like a lot, which is why that's one of the reasons it's not happening. The Packers have uh, what one is it? Lewis is the only running back uh, signed on the roster for next year, if I'm not mistaken. Dylan's up. Jones' contract Wilson. is up, I believe, as well. Uh, but I think it's just I think it's Manuel Lewis is the only dude. And they've also got because I was thinking about this as well. I don't, I'm not in favor of paying running backs. Uh, the Packers clearly disagree with me because they paid Aaron Jones, which has been perfectly fine. Uh, but I I don't agree with it. However, they've got uh, love on you know this this weird kind of two year deal. They've got and all of their skill positions are on manageable contracts for the foreseeable future. They get out from under the Rogers deal after this year. So if they want to do something for Jonathan Taylor and they want to swing a trade and go, Hey, listen, man, we'll pay you. I think if you want to pay him like upper level of the running back market, what are we talking about? Like 11 million a year. 
and you want to do that and you want to push most of that into the second year when you don't have to pay a whole bunch of guys anyway the gary extension i assume is coming but all those young skill position guys like you don't have to pay them for a few years so that i was kind of like no absolutely not i think honestly at this point is barrier to entry is is the asking price going to be too high in terms of the draft capital and then also like i don't know his injury his recent injury history i think is concerning i don't like that with running backs but if we're getting jonathan taylor jonathan taylor i zero issues i think that'd be awesome let's go let's go so wayne said we don't need him asked what's wrong with the running backs we have essentially you're looking at aj Dillon having a down year in 2022 compared to 2021 he is on a contract year this year so players do have a tendency to perform better in contract years but here's the thing like first you mentioned aaron jones who has a massive cap hit next year his his cap hit is over 17 million next year and the thing is, is, like you said, almost the entire offense outside of David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins is on rookie contracts. And A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are a great running back duo. Like, there's no denying that. But Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Jones would be like an all-time great running back duo. We'd only have it for one year, and then essentially you're saying, Jonathan Taylor, you are running back of the future. And Jonathan Taylor is only 24 years old currently. Aaron Jones is going to be 29 later this year. But, I mean, the Packers can pay Jonathan Taylor in 2024 when um, probably, possibly David Bakhtiari is no longer on the roster either, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, um, I mean, Jake, Simon, Bryant, do any of you guys have any strong feelings on the subject of Jonathan Taylor? I, I don't think we should do it. And the reason I think – because for one, I think we can get them in the off season if we want to do that. Two, Aaron Jones is such the heartbeat of the team, and with Love coming in as quarterback, I don't want anything to throw a wrench in the dynamic because he's going to be learning. Where you know, last thing we'd want in his locker room. And don't get me wrong, Aaron Jones is a consummate professional. He probably wouldn't do or say anything or much if he was losing touches. But you have AJ Dillon, who probably would have been gone then, who you know has anointed himself the mayor of Door County. Absolutely loves Wisconsin. So for me, my thought process was we, everyone loves these two running backs. If we throw, you know, anything into that, we're removing one from the equation. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Jonathan Taylor is both better. A healthy Jonathan Taylor is better than both Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I'm not saying that's not true. That is true. But if we can get him in this next off season and we're, and we're going to put money towards that position, we can go for Jonathan Taylor or any of these couple other running backs that might hit the market that are looking for a contract. And I know it, it adds another year on Jonathan Taylor, but for me, I just the locker. I wouldn't want to mess up the locker room dynamic with Jordan Love first starting because I want that as stable as possible. And Aaron Jones is probably one of my all-time favorite Packers, and just so I'm a little biased there. But just the, what he brings to the team and his leadership, I wouldn't want that to kind of get thrown out of whack. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I'm just going to say I don't disagree with anything you just said, but you're getting a 24-year-old superstar running back with a 24-year-old quarterback and a bunch of 23, 24-year-old wide receivers who Watson looks like he could be a budding superstar. Dubs looks like he could become a 1A to a a 1B to a 1A situation with Watson and Dubs. I mean, I like the potential of our tight end room. I like some of the youth on our O-line right now. We're going to have two first-round picks next year. Let's not kid ourselves. So we could get a, you know, a superstar left tackle in the draft. I mean, I'm not saying that I want to, but I'm just saying that if they did, I'd be happy. 
Obviously, as a Wisconsin Badgers fan, I love Jonathan Taylor. I was going to say, take your Wisconsin Badger bias. (laughs) um, And I agree with you, but I feel like we could get a 25-year-old star running back with a 25-year-old quarterback that had a stable starting year. And let's be all honest, our goal is this year for Jordan Love to show that he is the guy, that he can be the guy, right? Yeah, we would all love to to win the Super Bowl. Who would would be crazy not to do that? But realistically, we're looking for – can Jordan Love have a type of year like – I'm not saying he's going to be him, but like Aaron Rodgers just for his year starting where, yeah, we went like 6-10 and 10 or whatever it was, but he showed that he belongs and that he can play. And I think if that's the type of season the Packers have, where they're competing, I do think we'll be um, competitive in the division and, you know, in it the long run and possibly make the playoffs. But the, the main goal should be for us, you know, to support Jordan Love as much as he can and see if he's the guy of the future. And that's – that. Having for me just the dynamic, the most stable dynamic possible was something that I thought of. Don't get me wrong, Jonathan Taylor's amazing, but I feel like we can get him next year. Chris had, or Chris said, I don't think Jonathan Taylor adds wins to the 2023 team over what they have right now. You should play for wins added, not big names. It would essentially, honestly, if they traded for him, it would be for the future. Like if you're trading for him, you know you're keeping him long term. Yeah. Um, Wayne said he haven't had a running back duo like this in years. I've been a fan for 40 plus years living in Florida, watching from or watching in Florida, but from Wausau. So Florida, that's cool. Uh, really? So let me throw this to anybody. Would you consider it? Let's say the Packers are somewhere around 500 towards the end of October trade deadline. Would that change your, per, like your perception? Like, is there, if the Packers were closer above 500, would you do it to try to bolster the team? Or if they're, you know, you know, around 500 or what their record is, would any of that change your your thoughts on it? If we have an injury at running back, or that's what's holding us back, absolutely. I even if, I was gonna say even if we're even if we're three and seven at the trade deadline, but they're still trying to move on Jonathan Taylor, and we're looking forward to two or the next year. I'm good at it for it at that point. But going into the season, because I don't know, Jim Mercy is kind of a. I'm not going to say the words I think of Jim Irsay, but he's he he will for sure be the type of person that will tag Jonathan Taylor just to, so that he can't go somewhere else and he'll get draft capital out of him. But if somehow he didn't do that last year and we still end up with Jonathan Taylor without giving up the draft capital, to me that would be like the best case scenario. That's that's interesting, something to think about. Um, Paul said Taylor would be great to have, but trading Dylan for him, nope. The arsenal we have now with Jones, Dylan, and Wilson, we are solid. I'm this is a make or break year for Aaron for uh AJ Dillon in my opinion he had a like I said a down 2022 compared to 2021 so he needs to perform this year if he wants to get paid again Dylan George Mercury have been going down since his rookie year so he needs to show it's a contract year so it's literally make or break (laughs) okay so I'm just gonna go around the horn Dusty we'll start with you from the from the either whether it be the 90 man roster or the 53 man roster is there really anybody that you saw this preseason that you're just like completely done with that the Packers were to cut ties. Oh man, I get I get first pick here. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the gimme man. I'm taking Royce Newman. Like <laughs> that's I, why I asked you first because I know he's on everybody else's list. Yeah, I mean, listen, like as far as like interior line depth, you could do a lot worse on like a dude who has played before and has that experience, but he somehow somehow has gotten worse every single year. Like he was solid year one last year. I forgot what a stunt was like, just straight up forgot. What a stunt was. <laughs> then this year is like guys are running right past him in the preseason. Like he's not even seeing them. So I, again, like there's something for interior lined up, but that dude looks like he's just, just lost. Maybe, 
maybe there's something going on there. Maybe he needs to change the scenery, maybe something, but he looks unplayable right now. So I, I'm I'm taking the gimme. I'm taking the I'm taking the slam dunk here. I'm taking Royce Newman. Um Greg Greg said it's six twelve Pacific time. Is Mike Evans a Detroit Lion yet? Um I thought Denzel Mims was solving all your problems at wide receiver. <laughs> 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 um Bryant, is there any players that you're done with? Besides yeah, and this might surprise you guys a little bit because I was kind of high on him last year, but I think the only reason he's on the team is because of an injury, and that's Josiah DeGuara. Uh, I feel like he's had his opportunities to show a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, and I, I went, I had to look outside the realm because I knew we all have like the basics. I knew Newman would be the first pick. Okay. <laughs> so, we don't have like Lancaster on the team anymore. That's an easy one. Yeah. DeGuara for me is. Yeah, he's okay and he's a good, but I feel like if we don't have the injury at tight end, I think he's probably cut. I think he got he benefited from a couple injuries. Um, he can play. Don't get like get me wrong. We can use him, but I think we need to use him in the fullback spot, kind of. And I feel like now we're going to be forced to use him in tight end role more than we wanted to. We have to see what Ben Sims can do, but really, Deguara, it's just like I think he's just a dude kind of on the roster right now that. If if he if he's probably between like forty eight and fifty three on the roster for sure, in my opinion. So I'm kind of done with him. He's you know I, I expected a lot of him last year and he just didn't really show up. Uh, Gavin said we should have gone after Jimmy Graham. He is already signed, <laughs> and he's also seventy four years old. We literally already did that. I can't. Uh, yeah, I was the Packers are the youngest team. That would probably take them from like the youngest team in the NFL to like probably in the middle tier. Hey, you think we can get Tony Gonzalez out of retirement? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Antonio Gates, anybody? Yeah. Algy Crumpler. What's Algy Crumpler? Algie Crumpler. Algie Crumpler. <laughs> <laughs> Crumpler's got grandkids at this point. Algy <laughs> <laughs> Crumpler Jr. coming up soon. Tell you that. <laughs> I heard Clay Matthews is looking for a contract as well. B- B- BJ Raji is still yeah, out there. I knew it. Yeah. 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 going there. <laughs> All right, Simon. Anybody on the roster? You're done with. Okay, I I don't like this topic because this team's so young; it's hard to choose. That's fair. It's uh, so I'm gonna spin it a little bit, but I'll name it a guy that if he doesn't show that he belongs, I'm completely done with, and that's Josh Myers. If he doesn't like, he looked he he didn't look that good last year, and I thought I kind of had high hopes for him going to his rookie year, and. Yeah, I, I just feel like, especially all the stuff coming out of the training camp with him, you know, bobbling snaps and that one was it either family night or the preseason game. I, I forget. It was week two um, of the preseason. Thank you. Thought, yeah, yep. that's it. Yep. And that yeah, maybe a miscommunication or whatever. But actually, you, you know, if you rewatch that play, um, you can see the. So if if Myers is if I'm if I'm Josh Myers, it's on the his right hand side. There's a D end that kind of jumps. And Myers noticed, and he just snapped the ball because he was trying to catch him off sides. Right. I did actually see that play on that one specifically, but that that's only one of the missed snaps that he's had. And right. if you're gonna do that, hit the quarterback, not the end zone, though. Like yeah. I'm fine with him trying that, but he needs to snap it to Jordan. Yeah, yeah, because if it's like right in the middle of his chest, then yeah. uh, maybe not it like falls on the ground. Or, yeah, yards yeah. Over that. right. So maybe I'm not necessarily done with him, but like this is like a make or break year for him as well. Because I think like this that, is like fourth year. Next off season. Yeah. This yeah third year. This is this is third. Fourth. Yeah, this is third. third. Yeah. Sorry, third year. But he he might be looking. Uh, we might be looking somewhere else for a center next year if he doesn't show more. Uh-oh. Wayne said, I'm still thinking we take the division with the talent we have. If we can stay healthy, if not, I'll be happy with a wild card berth. It's within the realm of possibilities. 
Um, Jake, is there anybody anybody that you're done with? Nope. I just hate Newman. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. I hate that guy. All right. So, so here, here's my thing on Newman, too. Because, like, when I did my roster projection or whatever, and I was looking at the 53, I kind of left him off. But the more you think about, like, our lack of interior line depth, he's basically our 10th guy. So if you're going into a season with Royce Newman as your 10th guy, I don't think it's all that bad. Bro, I'm literally ready to take one of my 10-year-old linemen and put him in a package. <laughs> like, I got this kid, AJ. Dude's a stud. He's got the dog in him for sure. He could definitely go out there and be just as good as, as Bryce Newman. Sorry. It, it transitioned well into a question that Greg is asking. Greg asked, what's the update on my guy, Sean Ryan? Did he make any progress? So, Dusty, I'll post that question to you. What are you thinking with Sean Ryan? I thought Ryan looked great. I mean, we didn't see much of him last year, right? I think he had he had an injury, he didn't see the field much, and then he got the suspension and everything. Yep. And the the word on him was like a ton of talent coming out of college. Uh, I thought, I mean, it. I feel like I have to couch all this stuff, like because it's preseason. But at right. the same time, like you're judging like how they're looking, how the progress was. I thought Ryan looked great, dude. Like there's a noticeable. I think his first snap, his first snap was awful. Just like I think he got bull rushed into Jordan Love, like it was just just all like oh man, that. Sean Ryan sucks. And then after that, I don't know about rock solid, but like he knew what he was supposed to be doing. He had his feet underneath him. I thought he looked really really good. So I, I think I mean I think everything where I was looking like if you want to shuffle a little line around, I've got Ryan head and shoulders above Newman. Low, yeah. low bar to clear, low bar to clear. But I, yeah, I was really <laughs> impressed with Ryan this this uh, this preseason. If there's any injuries at guard, like he's got the biggest opportunity i would say mm-hmm. out of anybody in the yeah. roster everybody else is kind of you know what you're getting so mm-hmm. i think sean ryan is a guy that has the opportunity to to potentially seize the the third guard spot mm-hmm. i honestly think yeah if we were to see an injury at guard i think there's a better opportunity better chance we kick in like um tom and put like rasheed walker or something out there but yeah sean ryan definitely took a step this this preseason so another one Gavin said the kicking is going to cost us all a few years. Should have went after Moody, didn't? No, he mean, got taken in the third round, bro. He went in the third round. Moody was shanking kicks, and then like he pulled the muscle, and I don't think he's starting the season, right? Would you rather have Would you rather have Moody and somebody random in the sixth, or Jaden Reed and Anders Carlson? Gavin, I have a question. <laughs> Did you watch the preseason games when he kicked and they actually matter? I got it. That one got blocked. And he missed two extra points, but he every field goal. I think he made every field goal. Right, actual. Field goal in the just extra points. Yeah, he missed those, yarder. like, yeah, two extra points, but he was kicking yeah, every field goal he made. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, give the kid a chance, right? Say, and he made, didn't he make like a 57 yard? It was 57 yards, yeah. and it was good from 60 at least. Yeah, word on the street, he made it all the way to Sheboygan. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, just a couple names that I want to throw out there. And I'm not saying that, like, the Packers need to cut these guys or anything, but these guys, in my opinion, are – they're on the bubble a little bit. Tyler's about to name is, the whole safety room. <laughs> I, the first one is a safety. It's Dallin Lovett. Oh, I, um, I had that name down as well, yeah, actually. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Glad, glad somebody's on the same page with me. Um, I recognize his, his special team's value, and I want him on the roster in 2023. But going forward, if the safety position is improved, I think – Dalen Levitt can be let go and somebody else can can learn to be the the special team contributor that he is. Um, the new linebacker that the, the Packers just signed actually has been a, a very strong contributor on special teams for the Ravens the last three seasons. And then the other one, 
Uh, Bryant might not like this one because he was a big fan of his last year, but it's Samari Toure. And this is I the thing is that. he was a seventh round pick last year. So like the investment isn't super high, but for him to come into the preseason kind of as the wide receiver three behind just Dobbs and Watson and to be passed up not only by the rookie Jaden Heat, Jaden Reed, but also the undrafted rookie Malik Heath. To me, it's, I mean, it's, it's not really going to cost you, you know, a high round pick or something like that if you were to move on from Samari Toure. So like for me it's it's the investment and then the fact that he was passed up by two rookies. That that just make it so that I'm not super attached to to making sure Samari Toure develops into, you know, some some amazing pass catcher. Well, and Bull Mountain and um Granty Bows and all of them will get a chance on the practice squad to show that they you know, if they if they need to jump to Ray, they'll probably show that. But hopefully, to Ray will settle in. He's just my thing was his speed. Like he, I just remember watching him at the Washington game because I was a. I remember he just looked like he shot out of a cannon. So um, hopefully, he kind of maybe getting knocked down the you know the depth charts a little bit will uh, kind of light a fire under him. Yeah. Alrighty. So this is gonna be a more fun segment. Uh, Dusty, I'll go back to you first. Looking at some bounce-back candidates, who is somebody that you think on the Packers that could bounce back this year? This is uh, this is hoping against hope. Maybe um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say <clears throat> I'm gonna go Darnell Savage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just because yeah. I really want it to be true, because they need like they need a functional safety, right? Like one of these guys <laughs> has got to be functional. And like my mind, the way I was trying to talk myself into this was. All right, he's been, they moved him around, they benched him. They had Amos, who was like steady as a rock and doing all the safety stuff. And Savage was kind of doing well. And they had him rotating back to single high a bit, but they kind of had him kind of moving around a bit, trying different things out. And he just he was not very good. His first, I thought his rookie year was pretty good. And after that, just not great. If he if they've got him like you're our starting safety, you're our safety dude. We're still gonna move you around, but you are like our number one guy, and everyone else we're gonna move around. I wonder, like, I could just see him like kind of grabbing onto that and kind of taking a leap based on uh I'm I'm the guy, I've got the I've got these set of responsibilities more often than not, and I can take care of that. Cause I mean the, the athleticism, the speed's there. Uh, the recognition I feel like is there at times. It's just really inconsistent. So I think maybe with a more defined role, because even last year he was looking pretty good and they, they put him in the slot. Uh, they had him against the tight ends, which he did well at, but that's just kind of one of those things. If you've got a younger guy who's struggling, I don't know that throwing more things at him is necessarily the way to go with that. So I, this is, again, I don't, this is just a pipe dream, but if having a more defined role with Amos out the door and all these other guys, like completely undefined for all I know, Joe Barry's like subbing out another safety every down. Like no one knows what they're doing with that second safety spot, except Dallin Levitt. Don't let Dallin Levitt ever (laughs) play safety snaps. Uh, So I I could see maybe a more defined role again. That's, that's my hope because like, if he's not good, it's just going to be bombs away up the post and it's going to be awful to watch this year. <laughs> yeah. On the, on the subject of Darnell Savage, cause he was definitely the low hanging fruit on bounce back candidates because if he, if he bounces back, it means great things for the Packers defense. Um, Darnell Savage is another guy on a contract year. Darnell Savage is a free agent after this season. So he's uh, Matt LaFleur actually said he's been more consistent, which maybe, and, Dusty, to your point that making things simpler for him, like just simplifying the things that his expectations are, uh, is, is benefiting him. But you look at, he's basically had two good years and two bad years. 
So in 2022 and 2021, respectively, he allowed 68 and 64% completion percentage. That's in really bad. 2020 and 2019, it was only 56. Hey, if, he has a bounce, if he has a bounce back here, great. As long as we don't pull a Nick Perry with him and give him a big old contract after one good year. So, I mean, it's really going to come down to see if, if the first two years or the second two years are who he is. So we'll see what that is. Um, Wayne said, I heard the Green Bay had the number one defense in preseason. Is this true? Yes. And I think PFF rated him. I think, uh, I think if you – I think that was after, like, preseason week two, and then they yeah. fell, like, second or third after the third week, which, I mean, it really doesn't matter because that was all the – and like 90 90th guys playing and stuff, but they had a solid defense in the preseason. Yeah. So the, okay. I'll let Bryant. Is there somebody that you're looking for as a bounce back candidate? Yeah. I went kind of sneaky on this one. Cause he still, ha- he didn't have a bad year or anything, but I know he's a better player than what he played last year. And that's John Runyon. Um, huh. I feel like well. maybe he didn't have um, as much as good of tackle play next to him last year. So hopefully we have more consistent tackle play next to him. But I feel like he was kind of I don't want I don't want to say he got lackadaisical or he got comfortable in his position last year. But I'm hoping, you know, the best way we can help Jordan succeed and then this team succeed is the line. And I think we little legitimately have a chance to have the best offensive line in the NFL this year, or top five minimum. So mm-hmm. it, it and that part of that will be one jaw uh or one will be Myers like kind of hopefully he takes a step and you know, doesn't snap over people's head. And he just had, I know his, his last preseason game was pretty solid. So, um, but then if running can, you know, kind of have a little bit of a bounce back here, he was, I think PFF had him like average or something. And we, I know those aren't, you know, everything we go by, but I, I do know he had some struggles last year. So hopefully he just bounced back, takes that next step really and goes back to what I think his first year was kind of like. Um, Paul asked, said they're practicing some players, any safeties. Um, of the players that I've seen them working out, most of them have been cornerbacks is what I've seen. Um, I think they had one wide receiver in, but other than that, I've seen mostly cornerbacks. They've only got four on the roster, so they, <laughs> they got to bolster that room a little, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Simon, any bounce back candidates that you're looking for this season? Oof, where do you even start? Uh I, I, because like if it seemed like what happened last year is like all the guys that played really well in like 2021 that we expected to also play in well in 2022 kind of didn't happen. So there's a few guys, but I'll, I'll, I like Kenny Clark. I, I think he started off the year a little slow, but he ended the season on like a pretty high note. So I'm hoping, and he, what was it though? He had like one play in the last preseason game where he like blew up the, the <laughs> guard. His, his first snap, and then he's like, it? he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. his first snap. And he's like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping he can carry uh, that into the season. I, I expect him to be a, like, at least, excuse me, a pro bowl candidate. Jake. Bounce back candidates for you? I got a couple. Uh, first of all, Simon, he's going against the Bears offensive line next week, so I think uh, Kenny Clark will be just fine. Um, <laughs> since literally everyone who's a starter on that team is horrible and they're all injured, so good good for us. Hey, their line's a little 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's not great right news, now. but Justin Fields doesn't need a pocket to throw it because he doesn't throw it anyway. So Gary might have all 15 right. snaps and three sacks. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting all my digs in right now. So I actually had Savage as well. I'm just going to touch on him, then I'll go to somebody else. But I think Savage is going to have a bounce back here. I don't, I'm not hopeful for it. I think he's going to. Um, he has to, for one. And secondly, I expect our pass rush to be absolutely dominant. It was very good the first half of the year. We were second ranked in uh, pressure percentage when Gary was healthy. We added Lucas Van Ness, another year for Kingsley Anagbari. I believe this pass rush is going to be something really good. And the D-line was getting great push all preseason. I think something people are really... overlooking Justin Hollins a little bit, too. He, yeah. His name deserves to be brought up in this well, conversation. TJ Slayton. I mean, we, we got we got a lot of unsung heroes on that front that were really, really good, and obviously Kenny Clark. So I expect the pass rush to make the quarterbacks uh, have some happy feet, happy triggers, and hopefully Darnell Savage is jumping some routes like he did against the Vikings second, uh, second to last week uh, of the season last year. Um, I want to talk about Devondre Campbell. I think that he's definitely got to be on this list. Um, Simon, I thought that's where you were going 100%. I, uh, with what you if you gave with. me more than one option, that's where I was yeah. going to go with next. Um, Devondre Campbell, he, he has to be good, right? Um, Devondre Campbell and, and Quay Walker have to control the middle, control that passing game, and we have to be better against the run. We give up way too many yards uh, after contact, way too many yards before contact. We have to start having more gap responsibilities, start hitting these goddamn running backs and stop the run because it's getting sickening at this point, right? And then my final one, this one's for you, Simon. I thought of you when I put this on my paper, buddy. <laughs> David Bakhtiari. And I'm not saying it because he had a bad year, but I'm saying it because I'm so sick and tired of the fans saying that he's a waste of money. Now, yep. if you look at the numbers, he played 84% of the snaps last year. That's a decent percentage. It's not horrible. It's not great. But I'm really looking forward to him and to – Brian's point, the best way to have a young quarterback succeed is to have a good offensive line. I was talking about it when Tyler and I did a show with uh, John from oh, – I can't think of his podcast right now. Marty Time Brews. No, 84% is correct, by the way. I looked it up. Um, Lombardi Time Brews. But between 2013 and 2020, Bakhtiari played no lower than 96% of the snaps. So if, if he can give me somewhere around 90, uh, he was a four, uh, five-time All-Pro in that span – two first team, three second team. If we can get anything anywhere near that and just have Jordan Love be comfortable with the, his backside being protected, we're going to be just fine. So the Darn Devondre Campbell and Darnell Savage were guys that immediately came to mind when we put this segment together. Now, Waynes is going to tie into one that I got a little, a little tricky with this one. Now, my last one is not a player. My last one is a coordinator, and it's Joe Barry. Joe oh. Barry is a bounce-back candidate for me, and I don't think it's being talked about enough. Is Joe Barry going from the sideline to the booth? So him being able to see the entire field, hopefully that, to me, is going to give him better vision of, of the entire field and the entire defense. And then, like Wayne said, um, having one of the best defenses in the preseason. And like Dusty said, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt because it is preseason, but you're still doing it without Rashawn Gary, mostly without Kenny Clark and Jair's not suiting up for a lot of preseason action. Um, but if, if we can get the linebacker whisperer version of Joe Barry, and obviously nobody wants the, the sagging coverage on third downs. Um, if Joe Barry has a better visual of that from the booth instead of the sideline, that to me makes Joe Barry a bounce back candidate. 
Joe Barry went to the booth in the preseason and suddenly figured out what blitzes were. He was bringing <laughs> insane pressures. I've never seen anything like that from him his time in Green Bay. And suddenly he was like, oh, I'm just I'm shooting different gaps here. It was insane. Just always be up there at this point. Yeah. I will lose my mind uh, week one. Listen, come I will lose my mind week one if we're playing off right away. <laughs> they will. Jordan they will just the joke. Or, excuse me, Justin Fields. Everyone's like freaking out because he had three checkdowns in that one game that the the players yeah. made plays. Like, make him throw into tight coverage. Like, don't let him get easy completions. If you if you can slow him down on his feet and you don't give him easy completions, he's not going to beat you through the air. DJ Moore is a don't get me wrong, great wide receiver, but a jaw can lock him up. Yeah. All righty. So just on the just on the last few things with the preseason. Um, Anything you guys want to say? First, like a couple things that I wanted to really bring up was Brian Gutekunst saying that the roster was built for speed more so than youth. The Packers do check in as the youngest team in the NFL this season. Um, but like I said, Goody said they were planning for speed. Um, the second question or second thing that popped up, uh, the interior offensive line, we did kind of touch on that already with Sean Ryan having the opportunity. Um, in my opinion, there's still some question marks of safety, whether it's going to be Rudy Ford starting next to Darnell Savage and playing the lion's share of snaps, or if it's going to be a large rotation. Um, in my opinion, the defensive line is not as big of an issue as it was coming into the preseason. I think that has been a big position group of uh, progress over the preseason. And then for me, especially in the, the final game against the Seahawks, noticing Jordan Love's decision-making in that game was outstanding to me. Uh, and it, it didn't seem like a coincidence to me that Jordan Love finished the preseason with zero interceptions. So, uh, Dusty, I'll go back to you first. Is there anything anything else from the preseason that you just really wanted to kind of toss out there um, as it relates to the 2023 season? I will say uh, Musgrave – I was excited about the, the pick of Musgrave, just the athleticism and the field stretcher and blah, 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 all the stuff you talk about with that. And he was – when you watch – say when you watch his college stuff, which is not much because he was injured for a lot of it, uh, what you saw was like a willing blocker if not a particularly refined one, which really at that point for rookie tenant is all I'm really looking for is like it does does he know where he's supposed to be? Is he willing to, to like stick his nose in there? It doesn't matter if he's good or not because that, that at least will show he's willing to learn. He showed some, and again, preseason, blah, blah, blah. He looked really good as a blocker uh, in the preseason. I think he was out there every snap. Jordan Love was out there. And when he was looking, I looked at all of his run snaps uh, yesterday, two days ago. I don't know. Um, like, he, there was very few that you're looking at and going, that was bad. Like, at the very least, he knows where he's supposed to go. And usually he's getting guys, he's getting the grip on a guy and driving him a little bit. So that was, that was one. And I don't think he's going to come out and be a lockdown blocker right away. But just watching him in the preseason, like, he was good as a blocker. And Tucker Kraft struggled a lot in that. And to me, Kraft was the guy that was like, he's going to be more your traditional tight end. And he's going to be kind of the, the lock it down blocker. And Musgrave's going to be the Jimmy Graham. I will give effort. I will whiff, but really, I'm just here to like stretch the field. Musgrave looked better as a blocker through the first three preseason games than Kraft. Like he, Kraft looked lost. Musgrave looked like he knew what he was doing and he was driving guys. So to me, that was that was a big surprise. So if that carries forward, even like a small percentage of what we saw in the preseason, I think he's going to be a bigger deal in this offense than I kind of even thought he might be uh, when they drafted him. Jake has high hopes for Luke Musgrave. Right. Jake had him slotted out for I think like 75 targets. 73. Dude, he's going to be so wouldn't, close to the line of scrimmage. Me. Yeah. He runs slants. He runs drags. He runs little three-yard outs. He's right next to Jordan Love, dude. I'm telling you. 
See, right, Dusty, Brian? Dusty's a smart man. Well, and they like to do a lot of that clear out stuff. They like clear out the yeah. middle, and they typically do that with like a wide receiver. But now you can just have an inline tight end doing that stuff, and it's hard yeah. for them to keep up with them. Like I think you're going to see some of that middle of the field split the safety stuff with him too. Like it's, I, I'm getting way too excited about about Luke Musgrave. <laughs> I've Luke got to temper expectations, man, because I'm I'm way out there at this point. <laughs> um, What's well, funny I, is like after the preseason, like I thought back to our projections, and I was like, man, I was. I was low on <laughs> just with how many targets he got in the preseason. He's going to be a monumental part of this, this offense. Oh, yeah. And like, I know like everyone says that rookie tight ends, like take a while to develop or something. Yeah. I, I way undershot my projections when it came to him. They're going to ch- like, that's the thing, whether he produces or not, I don't know. It yeah. certainly looks like they're going to force feed him the ball at every oh, yeah. opportunity. Like he's going to get opportunities to produce. I'd be pretty surprised if he ends if he doesn't end the year as a leading target person for rookie tight ends in the league. Yes, from what they've shown, Dalton Kincaid and Buffalo will get a lot too. But man, yeah, but he has a veteran in front of him, so Musgrave is going to be. That's true. He's going to be a monster. You know the name I haven't heard a lot. We, you know, his name popped up over and over and over and over again in the draft. I haven't heard his name basically at all in the preseason. Michael Mayer. Yeah. yeah, he had a couple um, plays. Right, he he went to Oakland. I think he had a touchdown, didn't he? In like the last preseason. Yeah, he looked right. like Michael Mayer. He looked. He what looked did I say? There, there's there is no team in Oakland, guy. <laughs> guy, Oakland. Yeah. Not gonna be any sports. Come on, that, that's bad habit. It's like saying Red. I know it like, is. <laughs> you, know, you know what really gets what me? When people still say Chargers? San Diego, yeah. man. Yeah. The San Diego <laughs> one gets me. I still say that. Um, um, yeah, go ahead, Brian. My bad, Vegas. Yeah. So for me. um Really just, I like the fact that Jordan Love ended every single, all three preseason games with his last pass being a touchdown. Uh, mm, he showed he showed some, he made some wow throws. I think my favorite's probably when he's rolling to the left and he hits Jaden Reed for that touchdown in the second preseason game. Like that throw is like underrated. That was a really, really good throw. Um, I like the little touch pass. So we hadn't seen much from Watson all, you know, all preseason and then of course we had the one you know under throwing ball or you know when he couldn't hold on to in that game but to end, for him to end with the touchdown was nice but really just jordan loves um decision making and his some of the throws he made i was like okay this guy's like right. i don't think we're taught people are talking about him as much because he didn't have like a huge wow preseason but he didn't have a bad preseason like people are just it, like okay this dude can play Rich Eisen talking about him the other yeah. day too, and yeah. this is this is mostly not not television stuff, but a lot of yeah. people on on it's YouTube. N- it's, and I know it's, it's nerd people. YouTube, but, it's football yeah. nerd people. Basically, that's the people yeah. that know stuff. <laughs> that, that's that's, a, heads, that's so a great that's way to put it. <laughs> yeah. It's the to- I don't want the talking heads hyping them up. I want the right. nerd people that know stuff to hype them up. So that's good. But I will say, I really hope Dobbs is. Um, healthy for week one because the one time i kind of noticed it seemed like jordan was flustered a little bit was that first like drive drive and a half against um who did we play the last preseason game I just Seahawks, right Seahawks. Seahawks. Seahawks, but like it, he didn't look fantastic he was kind of forcing a couple throws along sidelines stuff granted reed probably could have caught that one but um i think dobbs has kind of become a a safety blanket for him a little bit um, so hopefully he's out there, and it, I think it gives him just him a sense of calm. Like I know I can go here if everything else isn't breaking down. Or he probably throw it deep to Watson because he's probably screaming past anyone that's out there. <laughs> but um, I, I really hope Dobbs is healthy because their two that connection they built in the preseason 
seems pretty strong and i look forward to seeing that all year i think people are sleeping on them i would not be shocked one bit if dobbs leads the team in targets this year i wouldn't either i mean i drafted in fantasy for a reason so. <laughs> my fantasy team catching dobbs nice yeah. oh. Just in general? Yep. Uh I I was really surprised by I guess man. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, the two rookie defensive linemen, Kobe Wooden and, um, sorry, Carl Brooks. Brooks, Thank you. Um, sorry, words are hard. (laughs) Um, yeah, I was really surprised at how, how good they looked. Like you think like day three picks on the D line, they're not, they, they showed out for like where they are. I was, uh, I was really happy to see them do enough to a make the roster and b like, cause some havoc on that D-line because our D-line's been <laughs> substandard for years, like sans Kenny Clark. So yeah. you get Kenny help, it looks like it's like coming coming to fruition a little bit. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, not to be a not to be a downer on the verse on the opposite side. I was kind of I don't want to say upset but are not like underwhelmed. Know, underwhelmed. There we go. Underwhelmed of what we've seen from Devontae Wyatt and yeah. Lucas Van Ness a little bit. So hopefully they'll I'm gonna stop you on Van Ness. I, I think you go like this. I was like, okay, let's go. The, the, I think the first game, he he didn't really do much, but I remember there was like a few plays in like the last the last preseason game where you saw why Green Bay drafted them. The motor is there. Like that yep. screen pass to uh, yep. whatever wide yep. receiver, and yep. he just like sc- comes screaming down for like a one or two yard gain. Like he yep. had a couple nice pass rushes up the middle too. Um, so I, 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 I would say I guess it really depends on what your expectations of him were, but you can definitely tell why Green Bay drafted him. There's one other he, play in that Patriots game too, where they did a, a run to the opposite side. Oh yeah. Yep. And Lucas Van Ness just destroyed Anthony Ferkser. Yeah. Just 
completely put him on his ass. Like that that stuff goes unnoticed because he didn't make the play, but he still blew up a tight end trying to block the edge. Okay, well, I guess it. his hustle and everything was there. I guess I would say I was underwhelmed because there's there's plenty of times too where I've seen Cold, you know, Wooden and Brooks in the backfield, and then I look and Lucas Van Ness is getting pushed three, four yards upfield at the same time. So, yeah, but he also um, made plays in the running plays where he would he would get the push on the outside and force a running back to go inside and allow guys like Wooden to get a tackle on the inside. So he's I mean, young yet, so well, I, I'm. We know I watched what happened too. with Rashawn Gary, so I'm not going to be like those people. Yeah, that that's exactly. Yeah, that's I'm not saying he's a bust. Him. I'm saying that I was hoping now that also Rashawn Gary is going to be playing. It sounds like uh, we won't need as much from Lucas Van Ness from the get go, and he'll have more time to um, prepare. So that's good. Or get ready, or you know, learn. So that's a good thing too. I think uh, originally a lot of us thought Rashawn Gary would probably missed the first four games. Not that me. dude's just a monster. Everybody but Jake. Not, not me. Yeah. I knew, yeah. I, I'm telling you, he, he. I told you he was playing that Lions game, bro. Yeah. Ain't no way you're holding Gary out of I that just, Lions I just don't know game. if I want him on that field. He's playing in the Lions Lambo. game. He might not play against yeah. the Bears, but he's playing in the oh, Lions Oh, that first Lions game is at Lambeau? It's the Thursday night yeah. game is at Lambeau. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Um, play that one. Last thing on the preseason <laughs> before we move on, I do want to say, because his name came up a couple times, I, I kind of love Colby Wooden. The dude's yeah. play recognition is fantastic. It seemed like constantly he was making the right decisions, whether it was passing, running, or identifying play action. Like I saw him do it a bunch of times to correctly identify play action. So I'm really, really excited for Colby Wooden. Yeah, Brooks's pass rushing uh, prowess definitely showed out. Hey, there's sometimes I'm like, dude, this guy's a monster. So I'm really excited about like this. So, so fast. So fast. And, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and that would help if Devontae Wyatt doesn't pan out. Cause like I said, I know you guys, you stopped me at, you know, but I, does anyone, did anyone really love what they seen from Devontae Wyatt the preseason? So I, if, I don't if, think he played like a ton. Uh, he maybe had what, snaps. maybe 30 snaps. Oh, okay. Well, I, was, I, I will know. say I was a little disappointed because like the train, he yeah. was like a training camp was all like he's ready to make a leap, he's ready to make a leap, and I had to check to make sure he played any snaps in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Like he did nothing in the preseason, but he looked. I mean, apparently he's been good in training camp, so I'm yeah, I'm we'll holding out hope for that one. But but we'll but even if 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 it ends up he doesn't pan out, it looks like one, either Wooden or Brooks are going to hit too, and they're still young. We got to understand that too. So let hopefully, me, yeah. Let me throw this out there because. We we've talked about a lot of times about doing um, like a grain of salt with with preseason things. Um, let's let's compare Devonte Wyatt this preseason to what we saw from Devonte Wyatt in the last five games of last year's regular season. Yeah, he looked he looked, he looked good. He flashed last year. Hold more weight yeah. than this year's preseason because True. it is actual game, you know, game time, game reps. So I'm I'm willing to call it a wash basically and then just say we're going to turn Devonte wyatt loose yeah he's going to flatten justin feels like the first snap of the game i'm like there he is <laughs> oh he was just, he was just taking 80 percent. i get it he was maintaining you know saving his fuel <laughs> um paul asked if uh if we talked sunday against the bears uh that's going to be next friday we're going to preview the bears game yeah. um the last thing that we have today is to we're going to run a bunch of questions through dusty and obviously jake simon bryant um, myself, feel free to jump in on these questions, but we're going to pose them to Dusty first because he is the guest of the day. Um, so I do try to, when we have guests on, um, try to try to comb through the content a little bit to give you a chance to shine. So, um, and I got to say thank you to Dusty. Dusty's been helpful with me as well, trying to uh, help help do some more content stuff. But Dusty is 
awesome at breaking down plays. So I'm excited to ask a lot of these questions. And the first one is, what's an aspect of Jordan Love's game that you feel is overlooked? I mean, I was going to say the, the decision-making, but that's the big, the big thing. I think something that goes along with that, that is tied to that, but maybe not tied to that exactly. Uh, footwork. Footwork is incredible. Like if mm. you looked at, so I watched him at Utah State. And Utah State, I mean, I'm exaggerating a bit, but not by much. They ran like four passing concepts, Utah State. Like it was, it was the air radius of air raid. Everything was 11. Everything was shotgun spread. I think 100, like 99 or 100% of his snaps were in shotgun. Everything was four verts or mesh or something like that, where it's, you're, you don't even have like predetermined reads. You're just, you're looking at like, when they break open and there's options on the routes. And so the footwork and the timing is all a little weird. So he's coming from that to the NFL. So you watch him there you watch that progression through on. And, and you could see, even if his eyes were going to the right place early, he wasn't really ready to make the throw when he got there. His, like his footwork is tremendous. Now when he's, when he's, when he's dropping back, you can see him, he's got that three step and he's ready to throw off the three steps there. If that's not there, he sees not drop back easily transition back to the five. And so, I mean, that, that's a big thing. Again, that goes to the decision-making and that goes to looking at, um, you know, recognition of what he wants to do, what the defense is doing, both pre and post snap, but to tie your footwork to that, I mean, that's something, and I can, I think I heard someone else talk about the, this as well, but it's one of my big things on, on love has been, I mean, you see that and it's like, he's made progress. He has worked. If you look at where he was, Utah state, if you look at where he was, even the Kansas city game a couple of years ago yep. versus where he is now for, as terms of like comfort in the offense and the footwork being a big part of that in terms of like, I'm reading that three step on the drop back. And if it's not there, I've got, I know what the defense is doing and I know I have answers for that. And then I plant and throw on the five. Like I know I have that, that's stuff we just were not seeing. And you don't get that without just putting in an ungodly amount of work. So like the work effort, we, we, the market work ethic we know is there, but the footwork I think has just been absolutely huge. And it's been, it's been clean. I mean, going back to the Eagles game, the Eagles game last year that I, Talk about like putting a caveat on preseason. I was doing that with that Eagles game. It was it was nine throws. He had nine dropbacks in that game. It was like he had nine dropbacks, but dude, they look good. And the Eagles were starting to take stuff away from him. They had like these. I think they ran like three concepts in that game, and one of them he was hitting every time. He hit it like two times in a row. The third time, Eagles tried to jump it, and he recognized that, and he you could see him transition that footwork and hit the backside right away. Like it was just the, the footwork's clean. So I think that's that's the biggest thing to me, and that's transition this year. I mean, even that third preseason game was a little messy at times, but the footwork still looked good. The eyes still look good, and they were both tied together. So to me, that was the most impressive thing because he's. He has come a very long way since the college days, and that I think that has shown a, a ton so far. Paul said that Love is giving us a fresh look with a movable quarterback from what Rodgers used to be. Yeah, it's amazing what 24 versus 38 will do for, for athleticism. <laughs> yeah, I feel you that. You know what else I'm excited yeah. about? Like, talking into the, the footwork, the play action looked really well, this really good this preseason, but he's throwing the ball in the middle of the field. I can't wait yeah. to see so, a quarterback that will throw the ball in the middle of the field because it's been so long. Since we've seen Aaron Rodgers do that, yeah, I did a I did a look at that um, at some point this offseason because I I'd, I'd I'd seen Rodgers throw the middle of the field right like I know he does it and I looked at the floor era he was like sixty third out of sixty five qualifying quarterbacks like in the past four years in terms of targeting the middle of the field like oh yeah no he's really just not doing this at all <laughs> yeah goodness gracious I always thought it was like a slight exaggeration. I thought it was too, and I was I looked at the numbers. I was like, "Oh, always outside the hazard." And look how often we've seen Aaron Rod. I mean, excuse me, Jordan Love already throw in the middle of the field. I'm like, "This is like you're 
adding another so, more than third of the field. <laughs> yeah, in the in the past, I will say in the past few years too, though, I feel like they haven't necessarily had that weapon. Thank you. That they yeah. might have now, and obviously that's not to excuse everything per se, but like. I love that Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave will open up that as well. Well, I, I feel like that'll help. Slot too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think Christian Watson plays some slot snaps too. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that we have the really young weapons that will maybe allow that uh, the open field stuff a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Speed's been sorely needed on this team yeah. for yeah. years. That we saw that was that the Niners, the Niners playoff game, right? Which yeah. I'm not, I, I hesitate to even talk about because I looked at that. They were they scored because MVS was out that game. They yeah. scored. They averaged I think five more points per game on, on games that MVS were was playing that year when he wasn't. He was their only speed threat, and he was out. And those Niners safeties were sitting eight yards off the ball. It's like we've got Devontae, but you can't threaten us deep. They've got speed everywhere now and that just yeah. it unlocks so much like i'm i'm really excited to see that yeah uh paul said i'm stoked about it being thrown thrown around more than being safe to the sidelines and this comes with a disclaimer jordan love is going to try to make some throws that may be ill-advised it's going to happen it's not like it's a, it might happen it's going to happen where Jordan Love's going to make some throws where it's going to be like, nah, he probably wishes he could have that one back. It's going to happen. Yeah, He's going to take some chances. And I think like, um, Jake, I think you and I actually just talked about this a tiny little bit on Wednesday is that if, if Jordan Love kind of blends the play styles that we've seen from Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers and Brett Favre, where he can be safe with the ball, but also slinging around a little bit, I think we're going to have a lot of fun watching Jordan Love. Yep. The precision yeah. with the the fucking attitude, yeah, that'll be uh, <laughs> must watch TV, dude. Yeah, obviously, come with coming. You know what comes with throwing in the middle of the field is if a ball gets tipped, it's not just flying out of bounds anymore, right? It's staying in the middle of the field and right, has a chance right. to get picked by the safety. But as like you said, as long as he does have have a tendency to throw high once in a while, so if he can you know continue to learn and stop doing that, I th- I can't. I'm really excited that he's going to attack the middle of the field. And uh, and like I said, we should understand he's going to make the mistakes. Go ahead, Simon. Sorry. I was going to say, good thing Luke Musgrave is 6'6", right? Yeah. <laughs> and Watson's 6'5". Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jaden um, Reed plays like he's 6'4". I know. Paul brought up a question that we haven't talked about yet. Um, what are you guys thinking about Sean Clifford? I'll, I'll, I'll table good. this one to anybody that wants to answer it'll, the question. It'll be a good backup. I heard, I think it was the, the guys from the Father Son Packers podcast, and the comp they threw on him was Tyler Tyler Heineke. Heineke. That was just like, oh, he, doesn't, he doesn't know what he's seeing, but he's going to rip that. Like, he's <laughs> he may come in and win a game for you, and he may come in and, like, and just absolutely and throw four, four picks. Because he's not, like, he had some throws, and that's, I, it was the, the one to Wicks, like the 80-yarder to Wicks or whatever. Never looks at the backside safety. That throw was like a fingertip away from getting picked. He never looks at the dude. He's just like, I'm, I'm ripping it. So I like it in a backup. Like, that's perfectly right. fine. And yeah. look, Taylor Heineke is probably the best backup in the league or top, top backup in the league. So um, that's I, I really wanted uh, I wanted the Packers to look at him in the offseason. I, I yeah, thought, I think we all did actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was that like a good option if they were looking for a backup. Yeah. Um, I will say, as far as the subject of backups, um, I was looking at this guy not as like a guy the Packers should draft or anything, 
but I did like him as a prospect. It's Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, seeing him ball out for the Browns in the preseason, yeah. that's that's really cool for him. I hope he gets an opportunity. Paul said, Paul said on the subject of Clifford, he's a loose cannon, but man, he was impressive. I'm happy with him being the backup. And I think that's a perfectly fine take. It's insane yep. to me that he's older than Jordan Love. That's <laughs> yeah. insane People to me. People forget also older than Jordan Love. It's so, it's so weird. He's and then Rucker is also older than Jordan Love. Yeah. yeah. Will Levis is only like a month younger than Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tying into Jordan Love, um, <laughs> what is something you think Jordan Love can improve on? I mean, this has been an issue of his going back to college as well. It's accuracy. It's consistency and accuracy. And, and I'm of the mind, I think you can improve that to some extent. There's There was studies years ago that was like, if you're not accurate in college and there's some threshold you're looking at, you basically cannot rise above that. There's still some of that consistency issues. Like he he will say he's going to he's gonna drill a guy in the middle of the field for 15 yards and it's going to look beautiful. He's going to he's gonna hit a beautiful back shoulder. He's going to hit a go ball. And then he's going to throw 10 yards over a dude's head in the flat. Like that's he's going to he's going to dirt a ball for no reason. Like that's that's one area. And again, decisions making good and the footwork is good. Like he's in a good position. He just is not always that accurate. And that's the, that's one of, that's like my, at this point, that's my biggest concern for him. Cause we see how, okay, he's got the footwork cleaned up. He knows where he's supposed to go with the ball. He's got a command of the offense, but sometimes he just misses throws. And so that, that's one of those, like, is that something you can improve on considerably at this point in his career? I mean, I think the footwork helps with that. When stuff starts breaking down at a certain point, you are who you are and you revert back to that stuff. So I, that's one you can make, I think you can make improvement on the margins, but that's another thing in terms of like, you know, kind of throwing a warning to people. He's going to throw more picks. He's, there's also times he's just going to overshoot a guy in the flat. Like that's, yeah. that's likely going to happen at least this year. And I'd love if he can clean that up. I don't know if you can like all the way, um, but that's something he certainly needs to improve on. So optimistically, when we're talking about accuracy too, I'm hoping as the offense kind of grows together too, some of those, I don't know, I guess like receivers, maybe not necessarily running the wrong routes or, but like going higher in their routes or not making the right cut will help with those issues as well. Yeah. And some of the stuff that looks like inaccuracy is timing. Like there was, there was mm-hmm. a couple of plays from the preseason that he was shooting wide and like the way it looked, I think the, the break from the wide receiver should have been a yard or two more shallow. And if it's like, if it's cut a yard or two more shallow, like it's on time. So there's always those things with accuracy stuff. Like I, I think that's part of it. brought that up, that exact thing up with the miss to Musgrave against the Bengals. Yeah. Where he was kind of rounding that, but you'd yeah, still, like, kind of round that one, I would still like to see him put a little touch on it. Cause Musgrave was right. so open. Just get the right. ball to him. But, yeah, yeah. He was, he was trying so hard to hold that linebacker that he just, mm-hmm. He, yeah. Then he was like, I'm going to gun this, and then just threw it as hard as humanly yeah. possible and missed yeah. it. Yeah, that's... And if he just floats it out there, it's still a catch and run. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Like, so moving on from Jordan Love, who is a player hold that on, impressed hold on, you? Hold on. Hold on. Oh, go ahead. I actually have something that I, I think that he needs to improve on. I think that he'll be fine in his reads. He's fine with his footwork. Um, I actually think he has tremendous feel in the pocket. He understands when to escape. And um, to my discredit, I – I really underpredicted his athleticism, and he's going to have a lot of rushing yards this year. I'll say that. But I think he needs to get better at the deep ball. Um, not that he's horrible at it, but you look at the couple deep balls, just for example, the one to Dobbs against the Patriots. Dobbs had to make a crazy, crazy catch for that one to be completed. And then the one to Watson. Watson was literally probably five yards past that cornerback, yeah. and he really underthrew that. That, that. that throw as an NFL quarterback, 
that's like a missed wide open layup for an NBA player, in my opinion. So um, he's got to put that out in front of him. You have a six five speedster. You got to put that out in front of him. So if he can get more consistent with the deep ball, I'm not too worried about the intermediate or the short stuff. But the deep ball stuff that will make this offense go from okay, we're really good to like, dang, this offense could be really really explosive. And some of that with that deep, like that's one of the things I'm curious about the deep ball. And that's one of the things I'm really watching for in the regular season. Cause with the floor said they put an emphasis on putting more air into the ball. This is my, my conspiracy theory about that particular throw is that it was very windy and he had in his mind, I need to put a lot of loft on this. I think if he drives that sucker a little more on a line, I, I think that's a touchdown. So I kind of wonder if yeah. that's like a, we're out of the preseason, like you kind of get a feel for what you want to do now, like whether you want to drive that or put loft, like you've got both those things in your bag. I wonder if it was just when you take shots in the preseason, put a bunch of air underneath it and the wind caught it. That's my conspiracy theory, because like I said, the I mean, the other the other way is, yeah, he just missed him. And that makes me sad. So I want to believe that there is something else to it than just missing a guy who has five yards on a dude. The other That's thing fair. that I wanted to that I threw out there when we talked about this a little bit in our group chat that we have is that the week before he had the one that he lofted up and Daxton Hill from the Bengals broke it up. So maybe he was trying to underthrow it a little bit so that the safety didn't have time to get to it. But, I mean, we don't really know unless we ask Jordan Love, like, hey, what'd you do on that one? Um, But I do think it's important to at least have all the context available that, you know, it wasn't just, oh, Jordan loves a bus because he missed this one throw, which I'm not saying that's what you're saying, Jake. But, I mean, <laughs> we know what social media does with, with one you know small sample size of a play. So, I just think having the context is important. The only thing I'm going to say that's way different about that play is, one, there was a single high safety on that Bengals play. And two weeks later against the Seahawks, no high safety. He was one-on-one with that corner. And he beat him. He cooked him clean. Cooked he, him that clean. Was, he destroyed him. <laughs> Dax Hill just made an incredible play on that yeah. ball. That was just Dax too, Hill's a great athlete. Good. Yeah, <laughs> he could play multiple positions. That, that was just a great play. Also, social media is super intelligent and logical at all times. So yeah, I love it. It's the best. That's why I spent so many hours today on that. <laughs> yeah, I'd be I'd be happy for you if you said that you don't spend a lot of time with your content on Facebook. <laughs> you know i i think i get on facebook uh i got on this past like a couple days ago i think that's the first time in like two months i'm i'm wash my hands clean if i can <laughs> Unfor- uh, I, I shouldn't say unfortunately because we as far as our show is concerned i think we've done a pretty good job but it's the mm. it's the groups where it gets a oh. lot less I, I joined a couple groups a few years ago and I was like, I can't, I, whatever's happening in here, I can't be a part of this. I know. I, I can't mean, look at this. So many because one called NFC North Huddle. But... So... <laughs> We're going down the rabbit hole, so I'm just going to say it. I say this all the time. I hate, like, especially in groups when people say something like super outlandish or dare I say dumb. And all of a sudden, people get called out for it. If they were getting called smart, they'd leave it alone. Like, there's literally a Bears fan that's doing this on Twitter right now, right? He said some dumb stuff. Is it EJ? I don't remember his name. Oh, it, I, 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 I don't know who he's talking about, but he's absolutely saying something dumb right now. But it, 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 <laughs> it makes no – everything he said was stupid. And if people were agreeing with it, he would leave it. But because people are calling him dumb, he's like, the best part about it is I was trolling. So every yeah. time somebody's wrong, they're trolling now. Rent free, man. Rent free. I hate rent. that shit. <laughs> they're rent free too. Like, rent come free, on. Baby. <laughs> I can't stand it. Uh, 
Bill said, logical and reasonable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep, yeah. nothing but the best. <coughs> I, but I will say, like I said, I mentioned this and I'll say it again. As far as the following of Wisco Fanatics, I, I really do appreciate the following that we have because I do think we've built a good a good following of, of people who do like having all of the context and all of information and, and not just the knee-jerk, recency bias, small sample size reaction yeah. that is so prevalent. That's the optimistic outlook we take. Absolutely. Real but optimistic outlook helps too. Where we're not just like, oh, they had me. Like, it's going to be a rough season for a lot of these Packer fans because Jordan Love's going to make a few mistakes and they're all expecting us to win Super Bowls, which is great. Like we said earlier, it would be great. But really, the goal should be to see that this guy can, like, our team's heading in the right direction. But there's all these those set of fans that won't accept that and won't be like, okay, that was a good step forward. This is exciting. We're going into the next draft with two first round draft picks. We have a good young core. People aren't going to see that. They're not going to think about the fact that we're working to open up a window that are, exactly. I want to win and I want it now. And they, so you can safely ignore those people. That's exactly it. And we're seeing Jake and I have seen it all season with the Brewers is that yeah. people, people, they want to be contenders. Now they don't want to have to work through adversity to get there. Um, I mean, well, I, a question, and I would have a very strong answer to it. I said, do you think the Packers should utilize Love and Clifford like the Saints did with Breeze and Hill? No. Oh no. my God! Oh. Different skill sets. That's not gonna. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so, uh, Dusty, back to you. Who is a player that impressed you in the preseason that not many people are talking about? I'm I'm sure I'm the same as you guys. Like the I, I'm so tied into like what people are talking about that like I don't know what people are talking about versus what they aren't because it feels like every single player I'm looking at the 53 and I'm like I've heard people talk about every single one of these guys. So I will yeah. go. Um, I don't know, man. Let's go offensive line. Let's let's go Rashid Walker. Uh, I thought you were gonna go with. We we didn't it. see him much last year. I mean, not during the regular season, certainly, but preseason we saw him some. He I just saw his college highlight a lot. Yeah, so one specific <laughs> college highlight. Uh, I'll wait for it. Wait for it. I wasn't going to mention it. I wasn't going to highlight. I'm going to tell you right now, if he does that to a – somehow gets in the game and does that to a Bears player week one, I'm buying his jersey immediately. <laughs> I'm changing his number to 69. Too. <laughs> Sorry, it's, just it's just his now. There's no agreement. Like, this is just mine. I take this. Uh, he, I mean, he looks great. He looks like he knows what he's doing. Like, just – just he looked just rock solid. Like he just looked like who dude who knew what he was doing was just in control every single snap. Rarely, rarely seemed not match. And again, preseason. So, but they were still going against. I mean, say preseason. I know that the line on preseason is um, vanilla offense, vanilla defense, and it's for the most part it is like distilled down more to its base elements. If you look at the Packers' offense, they ran the same concepts all the time. Patriots were doing stuff. Patriots were bringing yeah, they were. pressure. They're looping. They're bringing blitzers. Rasheed Walker just looked, I think there was like one time he looked like he was out over his skis. Aside from that, everything they threw at him, they had inside out moves, they're bringing stunts, like all kinds of stuff. And he just was in control that entire game. And that's how we look for the preseason. Like it's one of those guys, you put him out there. We mentioned Royce Newman. You talk about Royce Newman because like, oh, <laughs> who sacked the quarterback? The guy that bull rushed Royce Newman like into yep. oblivion. You don't talk about Rasheed Walker because Rasheed Walker just kind of handled his business. So I don't know that he's like, you want him out there day one but that's one like i think if bakhtiari goes down if they decide to do something else with the tackle spots and rasheed walker is out there for starting left tackle in a game like i'm i'm not going to be frightened we'll see a couple snaps in whether that changes but he just looks like he's a dude who's in control that kind of knows what he's doing that was 
I didn't know what I expected from him. I knew he was supposed to be fine in a steal and all that stuff. He looked like a very good player from what we saw. He's like solidified what I would say is a very, very deep tackle room. I would say that that's something that's been talked about a lot as the Packers tackle room, but not Rasheed Walker so much specifically. Yeah. And he is that, that fourth name that is now in that tackle room where it's like, okay, like this is a really solid group where the Packers could essentially have two groups of guys that could start and they have four of them. That's yeah. Fair. That's a great take. Um, Bill said, this is back on Jordan Love. He said his rollout accuracy is great. I'm hoping that he gets a bit of number four in him where he gets hit and makes him dig down deep and find out that he's got another depth of fortitude that he doesn't even know is there. And if he's got that that leadership ability, which based on some of the things that he says during his press conferences, I, I really appreciate from him. Um, and for for coaches to be saying, you know, he's a guy that we can look to where if, if this guy's fine, we're fine. So I love that from Jordan Love. Um, Dusty, if you were Matt LaFleur, what would your week one snap count percentage be for Rashawn Gary? I was thinking about this. Like, I think because I was looking at what um, what Khalil Mack did in that 2018 game. Because I was mm-hmm. like, he he was injured. And that was like his first game with the Bears. And I, I had in my mind he played like, I don't know, like 15 snaps. He played 40 snaps in that game, which which feels wild to me. I just looked at that. It was like 70% of snaps. Uh, and I thought it was way less than that. So I was like, I'll do the Khalil Mack. No, I don't want to do the Khalil Mack. I want to do less than that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I think I would look at, is it third and five or more? I'm throwing him out there. And then aside from that, you mix in a couple second longs, like basically situational pass rusher. I don't want him out there for any more than 20 snaps. I don't think, which I also feel like, like that it's easy for me to say that in this chair, Rashawn Gary might try to fight Matt LaFleur if he's like, playing 20 <laughs> snaps. And I'm not like, I'm not fighting Rashawn <laughs> Gary. So you're, you're out there for as long as you want to be, buddy. <laughs> yeah, man, <I'm> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> You know, Matt LaFleur lost his head. Like his head, his head is rolling on the sideline. 100% of snaps. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I'll try to stick to around 20, uh, just roughly speaking. Because it, it's also, it's it's Soldier Field, man. Like, I'd put him out there for zero if I could. It's Thank you. That's, I don't want to that's, Soldier Field. Yeah. That's my point. There's field is shitty. He's mm-hmm. coming off of ACL. So I'm kind of like, week one, I don't know. Maybe you let him sit out. I do like there's all the push. Like, we don't want to play on turf. We want to play on grass. There should really be an exception, like, but not Soldier Field. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna play at all grass except Soldier Field. I agree. Well, what was it, Week One at Soldier Field last year uh, versus the Niners? That field yep. was just dog shit. That was, was awful. terrible. Probably be be playing this year. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. They'll probably have it super long this this Week One, trying to slow down our speed. But yeah, we'll see. Use them passing downs. I don't know if you put. But if you like the first, say the first, you know, drive is third and eight, you put Rashawn Gary out there and he sacks Justin Field. Do you think you can get him off the field for the rest of the game? Probably not. He's yeah, just no. gonna, <laughs> he's just like adrenaline's just gonna, he's gonna go into Super Saiyan mode and just be like, I'm not leaving. Oh, bro. I love it. Yeah, he's lining up at uh, wide receiver and he's got like hand <laughs> in the he's dirt. Got like, shit covers, dude. He's got a wall shady. We don't know. We can't get him off the field. He doesn't come out. <laughs> He's lining up to kick field goals. I'm the head coach now. <laughs> he runs up to the press box and takes Joe Barry's headset and starts calling plays. Blitz, blitz, blitz. And he gets yeah, back down sure. onto the field to be there yeah. in time to play the play. Yeah. That he just <laughs> I'll be here for it. So yeah. this kind of ties into your Rasheed Walker point, but are you comfortable with the offensive line in 2024 if the Packers decided to move on from David Bakhtiari next year? Yeah, I think I am. I mean, you look at it. I mean, I think that you've got 
again, the interior line, I think there's questions. I like, I, I think I like Josh Myers more than most, but he's been to say he's been inconsistent as being kind. I think to Josh Myers, uh, he's athletic. He can move for what they want to do in the run game. I think he's, he's a good piece for that. He just, there's just times he just looks like he's, he's lost. Uh, so he just needs to get better consistently. And then, yeah, I mean, I like, I like some of the interior guys. I think Runyon, Runyon is a guy who's so weird to me because I always think he's going to just just be an absolute road grader because that's what his dad was. But he's really more of like a finesse pass, a pass pro guy. Like his his run blocking game is not that good, but he's good against the pass generally. Elton Jenkins is a dog. And then you've got the guys on the outside. I mean, if it's at right now, if it's Zach Tom at right tackle and then it's Rashid Walker at left tackle, like I feel good about that. Depth's always going to be an issue. You know, Caleb Jones is a dude <laughs> – I haven't watched him this year. Last year in the preseason, it was almost like a, it was like a novelty act, right? So he's like, he's six eight. This man's large. And then you watch him, like he his feet can't move correctly. Like he he can't play football. Uh, he looked a little better this preseason, I think. But like that's a guy if he develops a little bit more, and you get that. I I always hate thinking about like backup tackles two years down the line or something. Uh, but I think if if you're looking at really that starting lineup, yeah, yeah, seriously, like that's 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 where I'm at right now. Um, I think that I think the starter is good, and I think you've even got a couple development guys behind them that can do well. I, I I would be comfortable with it right now. Now I say that, and if Rashid Walker sees the field this year, and it's like, well, he can't play against like he's not ready right now. My answer changes, but right now I think I feel fine with it just based on those guys. And they obviously like Luke Tenuta because they kept him on the fifty-three and then put him on IR. I haven't seen much from like seen much of him, but I know he jumped some people last year before the season end, if I'm not mistaken. Like when they were doing practice and stuff, he was he was getting reps in front of people, so uh, they must like him too. Jake yeah. Hansen's gone now too. Yeah, that was another one I was done with, so I'm glad he's gone before. <laughs> uh, I'll throw this out there because I know it happened last year that Jake Hansen got subbed in. Or somebody who was injured, and then Jake Hansen got hurt, and Royce Newman was in, and we wished we had Jake Hansen back. <laughs> that was against the Jets, actually. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, yeah, I, Corning I, I Williams, man. <laughs> yeah, bro, he he makes a lot of people look bad. So he we'll dog, he dogged our whole fucking right side <laughs> of the line. Man. He he was getting triple team in second yeah. Rogers. I was like, what in the hell? Have you guys seen him in Hard Knocks? I don't know I if you guys watch Hard Williams. Knocks, but if I don't know if you've watched Hard Knocks, but who would? They had joint practices with someone. He was just yeah. like, he's like, I had 11 sacks. He was killing him. It was, yeah. <laughs> he's a monster, dude. He's an absolute stud. So we we didn't talk a lot about Sims. We talked a little bit about Musgrave and Kraft. But what do you make of the Packers basically only having three rookie tight ends on the roster? It's insane to me. It's like the fact that like what I thought their offense was going to be was going to be more tight end heavy. Like I, I was shocked when they released Austin Allen. I only got him back on practice squad. But even then with Austin Allen, it was like, you know, these guys are going to take a little while to develop. And if Luke Musgrave, they're looking at Luke Musgrave, I assume is like a big wide receiver now. It's like, well, they're, they're going to need a vet in the room. They're going to need some guy to be like, I mean, my thought now legitimately is like they're going to run more six offensive linemen out there than they ever had before. They never did that because no. it was Mercedes Lewis. Like I think they're going to have like Yash Nyman's going to be like O-line number six. Mercedes Lewis clone is basically what he's going number to be. 72 is reporting as eligible. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going to be a de facto tight end. I think is, is roughly how this plays out because other than that, I don't, I don't see how this makes any sense. You, you've got those two rookie tight ends who can't really do much. And then you, yeah, you brought in Sims. I'm, I, I'm a big Deguara fan, but even I will admit like his best role is not as an inline tight end, at least not full time. Uh, 
so I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I do think we're going to see a lot of Nyman as a six offensive lineman. My favorite way to use Josiah Deguara is pre-snap motion and having him coming towards whichever way you're going to run the ball and having him as a lead blocker already yeah. up to full speed for Aaron Jones. I, oh, I fucking love that. One. He's great. They did that. Um, Tyler Davis did a really good job with that last year as well. Like that, that was one of the ways they diversified their run game was doing that. Deguara was went such for a seven yards minimum every time. When they're hitting different gaps, like they were kicking yeah. guys out, he's leading through the A gap. Like they got him, they got him releasing. I think what I heard that was Ollie Connolly talking about escort motion. I think that's called escort motion. Mm, and Deguara like was tremendous at that Big last fan. year. Yeah. So I like that. That I love him. Love him in that role. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, that might be about the only role. Even like lead blocker as fullback, he's inconsistent. But that escort stuff, just an absolute killer on that stuff. Yep. I'm with you on that. All righty. Last question that we have for you is what what is a position group on the Packers that you think could surprise people? Oh, man. Um, can I say safety after saying I thought Savage was going to be a breakout candidate? <laughs> I mean, there's there's guys there that if one of them hits, like Rudy Ford showed some nice stuff, right? Um, Anthony Johnson Jr. is a guy who went from a steal in the draft to borderline unplayable, if you listen to the reports out of training camp, then you watch in the preseason game, like this guy's a killer. This guy looks tremendous. Like that, this is it could be. It looks like the worst position group on the roster, which I was gonna say is saying a lot, but I don't know that it is. Like there's some light groups, but like I think the safety group by by a mile looks the worst right now. Uh, there's a chance that like if Savage kind of and you've got to squint squint really hard to see some of those but if savage like grows into that role a little bit as like the dude and then either rudy ford or they go to somebody that's three safety looks potentially rudy ford and then uh anthony johnson jr potentially uh mr simone biles put him out there as well uh and and if one of those guys hits um i, I think i think you're looking pretty good so that's one it, if everything plays out like we assume it will it's not going to surprise anyone it's just going to be like bad bad but there is a chance that, like, that, yeah, Savage girls into that role and say Anthony Johnson Jr. is just that dude from day one. And that, and that safety group looks pretty good. I'm, again, I don't know if it's going to happen, but there's, there's a possibility that it does. Well, that's, that, that would be the surprise. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> for, for me, the position group that I think could surprise because it was kind of a, a question mark coming into the season, um, into the preseason, is the defensive line. And this ties into my love for Colby Wooden and his his play diagnosis. But the I get, we have to give credit to Brian Gudikins for his draft this year. Like he found some dogs for the front seven and the pass rush this year. And I think it was I want to say like eleven of the thirteen picks and two undrafted guys made the roster. So I mean Brian Gudikins, his last two drafts for guys that are on the roster, like he's knocking it out of the park. Well, even take a chance on a guy like Brenton Cox as well, yeah, who I think is like a higher pick. He's what undrafted, right? He's a higher pick yep, if like he doesn't like more. I, it's a that must is it a record to get kicked out of two SEC schools? Like that's a miracle. Not. I, I, I <laughs> so I grew up as a Florida fan. Like I have watched a lot of Florida football and I've seen a lot of guys come through Florida. Football. You get kicked off a of UF, buddy. Like you've done something, so I, yeah. I like that they took a chance on him, and I hope he works out because I mean he he flashed a lot of talent as well. All righty, any other position groups you guys want to throw out there that you think could maybe surprise? I think inside linebacker, like if 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 Campbell bounces back a little bit and Quay Walker takes a step, 
I think that could be an interesting group to look at as well. I, I really like Quay Walker going into this year. I think I haven't really heard much about him coming out of training camp, but I think towards the end of last year, my you know minus uh, getting thrown out of games and stuff like I, I think he showed he showed a lot of promise and he showed that he was learning the game and learning to diagnose plays and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to him playing. I was going to mention that when we we're talking about someone that we haven't been talking about much or whatever. Quay Walker, like, if maybe it's it's probably a good thing we haven't really heard anything crazy good or anything crazy bad. He, that to me means just, he's probably just been consistent. So if he's right there with Devon, you know, Campbell, and Campbell makes a bounce back, and Quay Walker, his speed is amazing. So I'm pretty excited about that group if they have that bounce back. I think I think McDuffie's been actually pretty decent. Yep. As far as the preseason is concerned, too. McDuffie looked really good in the last preseason game. He was all over the place. He's all over the place. He's a preseason all-star last couple of yeah. years, though. Yeah. <laughs> he played okay in the he, – he, he had some uh, – yeah, I was going to say last year when he had a fill-in for Campbell, he played decently well, too. He has some thump, but he's not a starter. I'm just no, I, I don't think so either. But, like, if you have to sub him in for a couple games while a guy's injured, there's not, you know, a ton of worry there. Yeah, Chris Barnes type. Yeah, he's kind of like a see ball get by get, get ball yeah. kind of guy. Like when he sees something, he hits it real hard. He just sometimes yeah. doesn't see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, Dusty, we really appreciate your time to hop on with us and to uh, to flex some knowledge with us. We appreciate the time. And Jake, Simon, Brian, and myself will be back next Friday. We will be doing our bold predictions, our record predictions, mm-hmm. and our Bears Packers preview. Um, so we will be back for that. And other than Simon that, will be hiding from moose in the field, yeah, so it won't, yeah. he will not be with yeah, us. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, Simon's gonna have it's, to. It's, uh, it's bear, bro. Bears. Simon's gonna be riding a moose in Alaska somewhere, so we'll have to get his in by text. Um, other than that, you guys have a good night, and Jake and I will be back on Wednesday. See you then.